You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Fibroids are the most frequently seen tumors of the female reproductive system. In more than 99% of cases, the tumors are benign, non-cancerous. They may range in size from as small as a pea to the size of a softball or a small grapefruit. And our guest today can attest to that fact. Joining us from California to talk about her long struggle with uterine fibroids and how cannabis changed her life is Charlene Modest. Charlene, thanks for doing this. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. Charlene, when did fibroids start to become an issue in your life? You know, the more I've been thinking about it lately, it seems like it's always been an issue with me, um, even from when I was a teenager, but we really didn't know. Like one of the side effects of having fibroids are just debilitating menstrual cycles, and it's always been me, just heavy bleeding and can't get out of bed for you know like a couple of days because I'm just laid flat out with pain. That was me through all high school and college, but it wasn't until I was in my late 20s when I went in for a routine exam that they noticed the tumor. And at that time, it was like about the size of an orange or a softball. And what did the doctors tell you about your condition? Well, when they mentioned the word tumor, I was terrified because, you know, the immediate association is cancer and I'm going to die immediately, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I think that's just how we're conditioned. He said, well, you don't have to worry about that. It's not cancer. What we usually do is we we wait and we watch and wait because we don't know if it's going to grow any bigger. And some even though a lot of women have fibroids, they're not often affected by them like they can live their lives and they don't grow any bigger but they just have this foreign object in their body (laughs) but it doesn't really affect them that way and and since they didn't know how it was going to go with me the advice was just to watch and wait and see what happens and so we did Charlene, this may seem like a stupid question from a man but could you actually feel the tumors inside you at that point no but as they grew larger, yes. No. So depending on their size placement, you know, you can. Did the doctors offer you any medication or anything at all to try and deal with this issue, or was it strictly a watch and wait? At first it was watch and wait. And then when they got larger, they grew, I mean, they grew pretty quickly, like within the span of a couple of years. It went from being the size of an orange to the size of a 20-week fetus. So about five months pregnant where you're not quite showing, but, you know, like you're not quite in shape either. You kind of have a little bit of a bulge, but not terribly noticeable. And when it got to be that size, they're like, well, yeah, you really should have surgery now. Um, And in order, since they're growing so fast, we should, we'll put you on Lupron and um, 
it should stop its growth and it should it should help with how much bleeding you do during the surgery. It should minimize the bleeding during surgery. When you talk about the size of these fibroids, I really didn't have it in my mind how large they were until you sent me pictures of the size. And it it actually looks like you're pregnant. I get complimented every time I walk out the house. People congratulating me and wanting to know if it's a boy or a girl and if I've chosen any names, whether it's at getting a cup of coffee, standing in line at the grocery store, just anywhere. Like, uh, you know, people see a pregnant woman and they want to wish her well. And so I get a lot of well wishes every day. And depending on the situation, I usually just say thanks and just keep moving right along. But, you know, if they've got me trapped and I'm in line and we're going to be there for a while and the questions don't stop, then, you know, I have to break it to them. Like, I, I actually look like something that I'm not. And then it kind of ruins their day. <laughs> it mm. kind of breaks their heart a little bit. And and then I've got to switch modes. And I kind of feel like if I'm a grief counselor in those moments, just because they've had all these wonderful thoughts for me. And, and then I've had to tell them that it's not so. That you're not pregnant. That this is fibroids. That I'm not pregnant. And whatever hopes and dreams they had for me in that moment that they saw me in line... None of it's true. And, and, you know, people, it's weird. It's strange. Like they tend to project their thoughts, but also like project a bit of themselves and for their own personal lives. So like in that, that moment, even though I, they don't know me from a hole in the wall, you know, um, in that moment when I tell them that, no, I'm not actually pregnant. It's like they take it so personally, like it's like it's hard hitting for them it seems harder for them to take the news than it is for me to say it. And it's, it's awkward. Yeah. I think, to be really awkward. I think that they're probably embarrassed as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of that. I mean, a lot, you know, sometimes they think I'm angry with them because how dare they think I'm pregnant when I'm not pregnant. But like, I look so pregnant. Like I can't possibly be upset with anyone thinking that I'm pregnant. Like, the first time I had the tumors removed, I'd, I'd grown to the size of a five-month pregnancy. Well, you know, at my largest, because this is a recurrence, like I have them removed and they're back now and, and they've since grown. I look nine months pregnant. You know, like I had nurses assume that I was walking into the emergency room one time to accompany someone else. And they thought I was there because I was ready to go up. <laughs> oh, you know, like. How long did it take so, them to grow back? It took between five and six years for them to reappear. So when they came back, they were, it was, they were you know, they appear really small. Um, but it took about five or six years. And then within a couple of years of them resurfacing, they were just as large as, you know, I was back to the five-month pregnancy size again and lining up to reschedule another myomectomy to have them removed and and things didn't quite work out that way because you know it was timing as well because you know at that time I was gainfully employed holding down a full-time job with all of the medical benefits that come with that and right around the time we were rescheduling my surgery I was let go it was nine mm. it was 2008 and I was working in the compliance department at a bank and 
heads were rolling. Mine was one of them. So I lost all of my health insurance. So like there was a space of time where even though I wanted to have the, the myomectomy just because of the thing, this, how things are done here in the States, I was denied. They would diagnose me. They would tell me that I had fibroids, which I already knew. And that would be it. They're like, oh, well, you know, well, lucky for you, it's, it's not cancer. So you're not terminal. So you'll be uncomfortable. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. I'd always been looking for some kind of an alternative because it just didn't make sense to me. Like, why were these things growing? Why were the cells mutating and forming these tumors? Like, I wasn't born with these tumors. So how did they get there? And is there something that I can do to reverse it or, or some, anything? And, um, and so I was always looking, but nothing I tried ever really worked. I tried adjusting my diet. And even though like, okay, well, I lost a few pounds and my skin like looked really vibrant, didn't do anything for my tumors, you know? So like I was doing things that were healthy for me and I was seeing healthy, I was benefiting, you know, health wise from it, but nothing would reverse the growth of my tumor. So I had about five years where I couldn't get insured until the laws changed. And then once I could get insured, I was so large. Like at that point, you know, like we're talking like a full-term pregnancy size. The only thing they were willing to offer me was a hysterectomy. And that hurt me and offended me so much that it was like, well, it's only a muscle, you're not, you're not going to have kids, so you don't need it. And I was like, I don't, that's not sitting right with me. You know, like whether or not I ever have kids, it's an organ and we need our organs to live quality lives. And just because I'm not incubating children with my uterus doesn't mean that it's not doing other things and fulfilling other functions in my body, which they can't tell me in advance what they're, what, what's going to happen down the road. I don't want to be on hormone therapy in my later years. And they haven't even figured that out. They haven't figured out how to dial that in either. So it just seems like they were asking me to trade in a set of complications that I was very familiar with and was figuring out how to manage for a set of very mysterious and unknown complications that I had no idea. I still have no idea what that would look like. And I don't want to find out quite frankly. Charlene, when you were going through this period where you lost your job and your fibroids just kept growing and they kept coming back, how were you Uh handling all this psychologically? (laughs) I was just wounded and shattered, but just, you know, trying to just keep it going you know like you know you i have like my parents were so supportive um after a while i couldn't get work like no one even if you if you go to a job interview looking this pregnant you know the assumption is well we're gonna she's gonna learn the ropes and then she's gonna go on maternity leave and she may or may not come back so let's just hire someone else and if i go into detail and explain that well i'm not actually pregnant well, now you're someone who's going to be t- taking time off because you've got a health issue. So let's just hire someone else. And it's just this catch 22 of 
and then and then then there's the other thing is like fibroids they cause me they're feeding off of me they're parasitic so they're they've formed new arterial trees in my body that are for them and so they're taking the blood that my body needs to sustain themselves so that causes me to be severely anemic which means i'm tired and exhausted all the time so even if an employer were able to overlook all of that i can't perform <laughs> because of exhaustion you know like head fog passing out whenever my body feels like it's had enough i'll just faint oh. and you know like that's good for office morale so um but it perks just- everybody up <laughs> it, it freaks people out, I tell you. <laughs> Way to clear a room, just pass out. Oh, boy. <laughs> so no matter what you did in terms of your diet, uh, you have this thing or things inside you who are consuming your nutrition. Therefore, you, yeah. you are very tired, very weak. And, yeah, I can understand why an employer wouldn't hire you. I can understand but I still have... That doesn't know. help you, though, does it? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's still an overhead that's required to, like, you know, maintain any kind of a lifestyle at all. Um, and so that's been a huge challenge. Now, you were living but, you know, in... You things have a way. Sorry, you were living in New York at the time, were you? No, actually. Um, I'm from New York, and that's where my family home is, um, but I had ventured out to Los Angeles. So for the bulk of this, I had my first myomectomy in 2000. I was still in New York at that time, but I moved to Los Angeles in 2001, and I was there until 2013, which is when I moved back to New York. Okay, are you in New York so now? I- no, I am in California now. Oh, um, yeah, you were, you were confusing but, me for a minute because I, when I introduced you, I said you were from California. And then you said you went back to New York. Yeah. No, no, I'm not from California, but I've lived in California for quite some time. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently in California. Okay. Now, tell us how you got introduced to cannabis. Oh, gosh. So um, so I moved back home. So let's start in 2013. I moved back home because my mom was, you know, she was hearing my story this whole time. She's like, why don't you just come back home? You'll get like you can you'll stay with us. We'll support you. You'll you'll have your surgery. And we were thinking it was a myomectomy at the time. And, you know, it'll take you a couple of months to recover and then you'll be on your way. And I was like, "Okay, great. So I went back home. And started the process and, um, you know, the laws changed in 2013. So, like, the Affordable Care Act set in and all of a sudden I was insured again and was able to get any surgery that I wanted, except they wouldn't do the one that I wanted, (laughs) you know. Um, But in 2013, there I was at home and things had changed. Like, my mom's health started to decline. And here's something about finding out about cannabis oil after the fact she was never a smoker, but she had lung cancer and she passed. And I was kind of devastated for a year after that. And in 2015, summer of 2015, I started to like come to again and started to feel like I needed to re-enter society. Like my time of grieving had come to an end. 
I was on the computer researching, like, I have these five words I need to take, like, I need to figure out what to do about this because I don't want a hysterectomy. And um, stumbled across, like, on one random day of many days of spending on the computer, I came across a little article. And I think the doctor's name was Manuel Guzman out of Spain, but it was a little teeny Manuel Guzman. Yeah. And I think it's a teensy weensy article, you know, it was like a paragraph long. It was like maybe seven or eight pages into my Google search. So it was buried. And it just said cannabis oil shrinks tumors, whether they're benign or malignant. That was pretty much it. And so then I refocused my search and said, well, cannabis oil for fibroids or you know, cannabis oil for tumors. And then Rick Simpson came up and run from the cure and all of this info from Sanjay Gupta and uh, Christina Sanchez and just the list goes on and on. And I was like, wait a second, this information has been out here getting by me this entire time. And so I was like, all right, well, I've tried everything else that I known to try. Like, I'll try this too. So I called up a friend that I knew was living in Northern California and Northern California is known for its cannabis. And uh, yeah, hightailed it out here and set out on the hunt for some cannabis oil. And, and we found some and we gave it a try. And I can't say that my tumors were affected overnight, but I was affected overnight this whole time. Like, it's kind of hard to relay the whole story. Uh, but like, I was inflamed. Like, I looked like a, like I was just puffy and puffed out like my ankles were swollen like I was just distended and uncomfortable in every way imaginable when doctors were telling me you should get a hysterectomy and I was saying no I can't really fault them (laughs) for having their position because I was really just a hot mess and a half like just every which way you can imagine and um I like that term, a hot, a hot mess and a half. <laughs> that's, great. that's great. I really was. I really was. And uh, so I tried the canvas or like, you know, it's a take a half of a rice grain under the tongue and, you know, just try it at night before you go to sleep. And then as you go along, you can figure out what dose works for you. But just try this teensy weensy amount, see how you can handle it and then adjust as you go along. And so we got home. I was crashing on their couch, first of all. And so I got in, took the canvas oil, and like crashed out on the couch, went to bed. Like that was it. That was me for the night. And then I woke up in the morning, you know, with like just like had to go. Like I had to run to the bathroom. Like I had to empty my bladder. And groggy eyed, as you're sitting out, just like, you know, eyes wandering around the bathroom in in the morning as you're waking yourself up. And then I noticed my cankles, my heavy, thick ankles were like, they looked normal again, like as close to normal as they've ever looked in a really, really long time. It was pretty incredible. And that happened overnight. And the only thing I did was take out cannabis oil and go to bed. So the edema was gone gone immediately like it it fluctuated but like that night absolutely gone that was enough to make me decide to keep using it and the first gram i bought one gram 
because we were just giving it a try. So I bought a gram of this oil and within, it took me 10 days to get through that first gram because I was just taking like a little half of a rice grain throughout the day. And by the end of 10 days, when I saw my ankle shrink, I started measuring my waistline with measuring tape because if this is going to do the thing, let's see if I could measure it. Within 10 days, I'd lost four inches off my midsection. And that was just enough to make me say, okay, four inches, I'm sure a lot of that is water weight, but whatever it is, it's not in me anymore. And I know what the only one, one thing that I've changed or added to, because like I didn't really, like, like I was still like eating green and sprouting seeds and growing microgreens and just trying to eat as cleanly as I possibly could. Um, the only thing that I added was cannabis oil. And to see that progress in that short period of time, you know, it's just like, well, I'm not going to go back to New York to not have access to this or get thrown in jail for having possession of it. I'm going to figure out how to <laughs> live in California because <laughs> it's around and it's helping and, and I'm healing. It just didn't make sense to go back to a place where I couldn't get it. And the funny thing is, is that in 2016, medical marijuana went legal in New York. But good luck trying to get it. Good luck trying to find a doctor to give you a script. And good luck trying to get cannabis oil. And good luck trying to get the, yeah, the quality that you need. Yeah, in the amount that you need. Yes. And, and, and at a price that you can afford or anything. So here I am just sort of roughing it, <laughs> refugee lifestyle. <laughs> Charlene, did you notice uh, any other benefits from taking cannabis? Did your energy start to come back? Um, I can't really say that at first because, like, I was so stoned. <laughs> I was so <laughs> stoned. I don't, really can't say – I can't account for any energy to come back. But, like, physically, with just losing the body mass – even a portion of it, because I still got a long way to go. But like, I have room in my bones, you know, like I can move. Like, I was so jam packed and just stuffed with fibroids. Like, they were just bulging out of me in every direction that they could possibly go. So like, I was waddling, like it was it was difficult to move. But now I'm moving with more ease and grace, if I say so myself, you know, not as clumsy and not bumping into door jams with my belly. It's it's good. I can I can now put my pants like when I put on my pants, like I can step into my pants rather than having to sit down and uh, sort of work them up my leg. Like I can actually step into my pants now, which is progress. Charlene, are you do are you doing high THC oil? I am doing a high THC oil. It's THC dominant cannabis oil for sure. I'm wondering if some CBD thrown into the mix might be really good, particularly because. I, Go ahead. There's CBD in it. When I can get my hands on it, I take a CBD tincture when I can. I also like I'm taking so much cannabis. A friend gifted me with leaves, like a huge size. Uh, like a hefty garbage bag size of raw leaves. And it took me about six or seven hours, but I juiced it all and froze them in the ice cubes. 
I have that in my morning smoothie every day. So like I'm getting the raw cannabinoids. I'm also getting it in the form of the oil that I ingest as well as take in suppository form. And I also use it topically. Northern California is very innovative and ingenuitive place to be like everybody's like making stuff in their kitchens and so like all of us are like here i made this salad for you like try this i'm just surrounded by people who are excited for me and want to help and they're just supplying me with amazing things and i have to say it's all helping well now that you live in los angeles now that you live in los angeles maybe they'll make a movie charlene modeste east coast stoner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well actually i'm not i'm in california but i'm not, not in los angeles i'm, I'm up okay. in the country i'm up north california now like i lived in, in in la for about 13 years but when i came back to california i came up to the to northern the north i'm close to the, what is called the the emerald triangle oh yeah not actually emerald triangle but i'm i'm really close to it <laughs> so like, yeah that's you're, you're right at the source aren't you yeah, I tried to get as close as possible, and I'm glad that I did. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> so what's the state of your fibroids today, Charlene? So um, so after the measuring tape test, right, and I lost four and a half inches, um, my next step was to, like, okay, well, I, I know that I'm losing size, but I don't know what I'm losing, so we should take a closer look. And so I started to seek out doctors here. And, um, you know, every time I walk into someone's office, it's like immediate alarm. And so they tried to convince me to get an MRI, not an MRI, they tried to convince me as well to get a hysterectomy, like your your life will improve. You'll feel so much better once you do it, is what I was told. And I was like, I don't think so. I think you guys are being really superficial with that conclusion. But yes, I will agree to an MRI because I really need to know what's going on. So the MRI comes back, and of course, I'm riddled with fibroids, and you can't really see where one ends and the other one begins because they're so compacted together. Uh, There's more encouragement. Please get an MRI for the sake of your health. Like, your circulation is poor. You can run into all kinds of complications due to poor circulation. Um and I was like, well, I'm not there yet, and so I'm just going to keep giving this a try. And so then every time I'd see any doctor, like, it would always be a fight. Like, I couldn't find one to be happy for me or even believe that I was, like, what was happening is happening. They just couldn't see around the tumors or the good news inside of them, which is, like, they're going away. I then asked for a follow-up MRI I was trying to get a, a comparative one. I can't exactly say that I was stymied, but it did feel like that because it took over a year and a half to get a follow-up MRI, and I just got that a couple of weeks ago. When that came back, I had a friend gift me with a visit to a naturopath because I, I couldn't even get on my current doctor's calendar until the end of the month to go over the results. So I'm still waiting for that meeting. But I saw the naturopath went in there with my results. And it's really funny. Like, as soon as I see any new doctor, like, they all have the same reaction. Like, they're trying to, like, gauge me and see how deep 
is my foundation in crazy town. You know, like they're like, okay, well, we got a live one here. Let's see how, <laughs> let's see how far <laughs> it is. It had that feeling of, well, all right, well, we're going to talk and I'm going to, you know, get an assessment of you. Um, and I was explaining to her my situation and what I was doing. And so we were having a conversation. I was like, you know what? I just got my test results back from my latest MRI. Here it is. Please let me know what you think. And she took a look. Her response was, huh, that's pretty cool. Never seen anything like that. And I was like, okay, can you tell me what that means? Because no one's ever told me what it means. Like, I haven't even seen the other doctor yet to find out what any of this means. And she says, oh, it hasn't been returned interpreted for you well this is what it means your tumors are necrotic which means they're dying and i've never seen anything like that before we don't see this and so i have tumors that are in various stages of death like that whole apoptosis and reprogramming the cells with the endocannabinoid system all of that's true (laughs) in my case you know like i know it works differently in different people but it's so fantastic to see it come to pass when it's you, like when it's your situation and it's your condition and your sickness and your suffering. And everyone's telling you that, Hey, I know you really want this to happen for yourself, but we think you're lying to yourself and you should really get a grip. It's so fantastic to have scientific, undeniable truth of a test result that says, no, look, it's really happening. I know you think I'm nuts, but look, what do you think about this? And it's so fantastic Charlene, to actually what, have that. What's going through your mind when she says what she said to you? Well, it was relief because like, even though like, I, I mean, I've been taking pictures of myself this whole time, right. And comparing right. myself. So like I can see a visual and I can actually even feel them going and I have more flexibility of motion and all of this. So like, I, I know it's working, but that's how powerful mind tricks are. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like someone, I know that it's working, I can feel it working and then someone cast their doubt on me. And then all of a sudden now I'm doubting it even though it's happening to me. And even though I'm saying it's like, it, you can't uns just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true, but here I am, it's happening to me and I'm still getting sucked into the negativity somehow. So like to have her say that and confirm what's already been confirmed in life, it was just fantastic. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you mean it's not been for nothing? It's been, it's been great. And this is like a chronic condition for women. Like so many, I read there's about three and a half billion women in the world, right? About half of the population. By the time we reach the age of 50, 80% of us have fibroids in some way, shape or form. I'm an extreme case. My fibroids are huge. But if someone would have told me when my fibroids were the size of a walnut, hey, just take a little bit of this cannabis oil and you'll be fine, that would have changed my life significantly over the last 20 years or so. Yeah, you know, that would have made a, a difference. Would have been a different story. Charlene, <laughs> anything you want to tell uh, listeners in conclusion? Yes, and especially to those who are questioning or on the fence 
and and well first of all for anyone who's like the farthest thing away from their mind about using canvas i was like look into it and if you're aware of it and you're sitting on the fence and you don't know and you have questions it's okay to trust your instinct your instinct is what got you this far and it won't hurt you it won't do any damage it won't be any worse for you than anything that you've ever done and leave yourself open enough to be surprised by life. Very well said. Charlene, we wish you the best in the future. Thanks for doing this. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative to be here and to help spread the word because <laughs> it needs to get out. People need to know about this. Well, you certainly did that. Yeah, Charlene, you've been great. And keep us posted about how you're doing. I sure will. Thank you so much. All thank right. you so much. You guys are inspirational. I Thank you for being there. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, Charlene. Just a couple of things before we sign off on this episode. If you'd like to help us continue bringing these stories to you on Cannabis Health Radio, then go to our webpage, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and make a donation to help us out so we can continue doing this. And also, if you'd like to tell your story about using medical cannabis for your health and the benefits it gave you, then send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout Podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down. down.